Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, uh, let's start with the good news, dude. Patrick Marlowe, the all-time leader in NHL games played, dude, breaking the record, the most, most historic thing to ever happen in Teal. Dude. I think you're right. Pretty, oh, there's no question. There's no question. The most historic other than possibly uh, blowing the uh, 3-0 lead to the, <laughs> in the Stanley Cup playoffs. This is the most historic thing to happen in Teal in a good way. Right. Definitely in a good way. The the three Blowing the 3-0 lead, certainly historic in a non-good way. But you're right, dude. This is a, a huge milestone for Patrick Marlowe and uh, obviously drafted in 1997, which uh, I'm sure we have some listeners... Who weren't even born then. <laughs> so uh, it is truly a, a uh, historic achievement. I'm glad to see that Gary Bettman read the most anodyne message he could, uh, which was nice. Certainly, you had to be thrilled with the Toronto Maple Leafs message that included. Who was it? Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner talking, and yes. then you see oh. a naked Jumbo in the background, which is, of course, perfect. That's exactly the correct message. Yeah, I mean, that was a close second to him breaking the record uh, <laughs> to the best thing that happened that night. What a great video. And I could just imagine like Joe Thornton going up to those two guys and going, Hey, I got an idea. <laughs> you know? And they're like, I mean, does it include you being naked? And he's like, how'd you guess? Uh, again. <laughs> so funny. I mean, amazing. And when you look at the video presentation that the sharks put together for Marlowe's sort of homecoming after breaking the record, which um, I honestly don't understand why they did that. Uh, at the first home game, I get it why they did it on the first home game after they got back. But if they had waited just another game, there'd be actual fans in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? What? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, I, I don't get it. Can you just wait, like, two more days? And then there might be some season ticket holders, your lifeblood, who get to celebrate this moment with you. Nah, we can't wait two more days. <laughs> I, I don't get that. But anyways, the, the video that they put... They'll do something else. Okay, but yeah. dude, come on, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it. Uh, I just... Uh, it added to the list of things that the Sharks have done in, in the last 18 months that are baffling. But I don't get that. Anyways... The video that they put together was first class. It was awesome to see so many uh, uh, faces, people who you expected to see, uh, people who you were surprised to see. Uh, it was a, an awesome collection of, of former Sharks going all the way back. Not all the way back. I wish they had reached a little bit further back, but uh, you know, some great Sharks. And it, and it obviously moved him emotionally. Uh, 
you know, to, to hear all those great words narrated like a, like a PBS documentary by Joe Thornton. Uh, just amazing, dude. And uh, when you compare that video against Gary Bettman's, it looked like he was filming in the middle of a hurricane uh, in the background. Was was he in Jurassic Park? I, I mean, where was he? I, I mean, it think. was so horrible. What? Why couldn't? Come on, Gary. Like, I, I mean, like. What a joke. I'm convinced he was at Mar-a-Lago. I'm convinced. <laughs> I want that to be true. I want it to be true. That that video that video for historic achievement was historically horrific. Yeah. It was I not, mean it really was. Yeah, like yeah. an embarrassment. He deserves I, I've always felt bad that he gets booed at every turn. Uh, you earn my boo now, sir. I, like I don't feel that bad. that was no, I mean just Come on, a little effort, please. Like, yeah, unbelievable. I love the tradition of booing Gary Bettman because it's not even really about him anymore. It's more just like a tradition for hockey fans, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. like you know the chants at the at the Spurs games or whatever, and how you how uh, is it Arsenal? The things you never walk alone, you know, whatever. It's like one of those traditions now. Like you see Gary Bettman, you boo him. That's just how it works. That's just what it is. <laughs> Oh my gosh, dude. Um, so dude, I, mean, I think is, I'm going to transition this discussion to a, a a similar topic because honestly, I'm trying to avoid talking about the Sharks this season. So we'll talk about something that we've seen in many articles since the record was broken and something that I think we've talked about before in the past. I'd be interested to see how, if any, your perspective changes and maybe our listeners' perspectives have changed, but there has been consistently this conundrum. Is Patrick Marlowe a Hall of Famer? And there has been some articles written about it. Now, this, at least to me, this discussion or argument is separate from whether he will become a, a Hall of Famer, because I think, especially with this latest record being broken in, in such a, a long-standing record and, and a record that was held by Gordie Howe, arguably one of the top two or three players ever and maybe the most important player in NHL history. Uh, I certainly think Patrick Marlowe will be inducted into the Hall of Fame and perhaps very early in his eligibility. But the question is, do you think that this body of work entitles him to be a Hall of Famer? And maybe this also includes what you think the Hall of Fame is and what it should be. Well, dude, we've talked about this a few times and I think the last time we talked about it, you know, this record was still a little bit in the distance, right? Yeah, and, in um, you know, that it was in question that his career would extend long enough for him to break it. It was in question whether he would still be in Teal if he would break it. It was in question if, you know, he had uh, gone to another team like Toronto or Pittsburgh and won a cup. Uh, but uh, will he be a Hall of Famer? It's a 100% lock. Yes, absolutely. Uh, he broke the unbreakable record a record that will probably never ever be broken ever again. Uh, he, uh, he did it. He should be, he will be. And, and, um, based on his body of work, I would say this is a player. If he did not break the record would still have been in the conversation for being a hall of famer. And when you have one elite statistic and this is it. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're in. Uh, right. So, uh, yes, dude, I think I have made the argument in the past that perhaps, um, his career did not bear out enough fruit to be a Hall of Famer on its own, but he has gone the distance here with 
this uh, game's played streak, uh, and it, he deserves it. He should be a Hall of Famer. Um, and the thought that the Sharks will have two Hall of Famers uh, in in the next, you know, five years probably is exciting. Yeah, you know, uh, two players that that we as fans in our fan heyday grew up uh, watching. Uh, you know, they both deserve it, in my opinion. Right. I'm I'm more conflicted. I'm I, I admit I don't think that it is some sort of travesty of justice if Patrick Marlowe were to be inducted into the Hall of Fame and and agreed this is a, a most historic record. But you know, given the things that I usually think about when I think about what a Hall of Fame criteria is, um I don't necessarily always think about how many games you played in the league, right? Um that's not something I think of well, if you played a lot of games in the league, that means you're one of the best players ever to play the game. Now, certainly in Gordy Howe's case, that's definitely the case. But, um, you know, Patrick Marlowe, if you look at his other statistics and achievements, it's a little bit more muddied. And, and some people have talked about it. And I don't mean to turn this into some sort of knock on Patrick Marlowe, because that's not what it's intended to be. But, you know, considering you think about, okay, was he ever the best player in the league at his position? Was he ever you know, a recipient of some high profile awards? Was he ever even the best player on his own team? It's it's hard to see that for Patrick Marlowe. That's not to say he wasn't a fantastic player, especially in his prime. Uh, obviously, a very useful player, even into his 40s. But that's what makes me conflicted about this particular issue. And I don't want to make it seem like, oh, I'm just like angry at the Sharks and all this kind of stuff. But at least my my sort of perception of the Hall of Fame is you want the very, very best in the Hall. And and if you want to include a, a, a player like Patrick Marlowe, who has this amazing achievement that really puts him a, a ahead of every, literally everyone else who's ever played the game, I can see I can see the argument for it. I just don't know if I would make that argument myself. Does that make me yeah. a Scrooge now? Uh, no, dude. I think this is the discussion that we've been having for several years about this, and I just think when you have an an elite accomplishment. And this is elite that you should be part of NHL history. And he is. And the Hall of Fame is NHL history at its greatest. And Patrick Marlowe is part of that history. And if he wasn't um, featured in the NHL Hall of Fame Museum in a prominent way i mean that would be a real shame right. you know and we're talking about a player here who's in the top 50 of in points ever you know a second most game winning goals in nhl history right like you know this isn't you know it's not like um mike rathji set the record you know playing 10 minutes a night at, you know what I mean? like right. I mean, you know what i mean yeah that's yeah. not i'm sorry that's not fair to mike rathji but like anyways you know what i'm saying like this isn't a role player here sure that that set the record. This is, um, this is a player that has been an, a multiple time all-star and at times has been the best player on his team. Has he been the best player in the league? No, I don't think that we could ever say that he was the best player in the league. At times, was he a top 20 player in the league? Yes. I think you could say that. Right. Um, I look at the list of players uh, in front of him in, in, uh, in points scored. Vincent Danfus? 
And you know, well, there Vincent are other Danfus reasons ahead of him. I know there there are other reasons why Vincent Danfus is not considered uh, for the Hall of Fame, dude. But uh, you look at the rest of it; it's it's pretty uh, elite company, sure. right? So, uh, dude, it's a no brainer to me. Uh, it's going to happen, and it will be an awesome celebration when it does. And hopefully, they'll hold the celebration. When the fans can attend, dude, yeah. I don't know. The Sharks, yeah. uh, 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 maybe they'll do it in private, just like they did this this last one. <laughs> no, baffling. I'm sorry. I find it baffling. You're welcoming fans back. I think it's tonight. <laughs> I mean, is the first game back with fans tonight? Or is it Wednesday night? I, I don't know. It's soon. Yeah. You couldn't wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I don't they're know. just they're gonna rent out Dave and Buster's and just have it there for. The- oh come on! You know, I mean, like I and I know they're starting by bringing back like, you know, eight hundred people or whatever. Like right. it's just a really small number, and I understand, you know, that they want to take it slow. But I mean, you can't you can't wait and celebrate with the fans. Come on, yeah, come on. I mean. That would be what, weird having like 800 fans, although I'm sure they've played in other arenas with few fans, but it, it sort of reminds me of that one Simpsons episode where like they hired Daryl Strawberry to play on like the company <laughs> softball team. And like there's you just one guy in the stands who goes, Daryl. And then you see a little tear come down. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, like you're going to be able to hear like what individual fans say when you're on the ice. They're like, Patrick, you're you're great. And he's like going to wave to that one guy. Thanks. Be better than nothing. I mean, I know they had friends and family, I think, in the in the stands uh, on whenever they played Saturday night. But I don't think it was 800 people. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, even if they had, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that the 800 people would have gone bananas for that moment. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah. And been, yeah. it would have been an incredible way to welcome back the fans. Yeah. And they blew it. <laughs> Dude, we've come to the point in the show where we have to talk about how the Sharks have been playing. Do we have to? I mean, we called the last episode Nut Kick, I think I called it. And uh, and the nut kicking has continued. Yeah, I mean... Um, it's like that me, guy the- Horse on uh, America's Got Talent, whose talent was... <laughs> He could run around stage and people would kick him in the nuts and he could take it and he'd like yeah. fall on things. That was, yeah. he was clearly the most talented American yeah. at that point. He in time. should have won he that competition, won. by the yeah. way. Um, look, I, look it up. I, if remembering you back, remembering back to when uh, Mike and I went to a taping of America's Got Talent many years ago, dude. We went up to San Francisco because we wanted to see Howard Stern. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways. Um, <laughs> Dude, I mean, this is, it's gone, this year has gone from bad to worse to just despair at this point. Like, mm-hmm. eight eight losses in a row, uh, nothing to show for it. Like, you, you can't even go, oh, well, they've, it, like, you can at least in Ottawa or Detroit go like, well, they've been developing talent. We haven't even been doing that. Like, there's no no significant talent development outside of maybe, you know, one or two players. They... It's just completely lost, right? They, they they're going to go out and try and win one for Marlowe in the game in Vegas. They couldn't even do that. They come back in the game against Minnesota, where they're going to have the big ceremony. They can't even win that game. Like, like that's how low it is right now. Yep. And 
I got to say, like, at points, I mean, I really think Eric Carlson does not care anymore. Yeah. Like, I really just, because <laughs> when, when he turned it on for that week, you were like, wow, where's that now? It's like, there's none of that. Yeah. None of that effort or spark or pizzazz. I mean, he looks like he didn't care at all. And um, I think you could say that about a lot of the sharks right now, though. Well, it's just, it's just that's even more embarrassing at this point that I mean, I guess the positive to that is the worse they are to end the year, the better the draft pick we're going to get, right. which we, we clearly need the help. Right. And yes. picking ninth or 10th isn't going to be, might not be good enough at this point. Like, yeah. you know, but I mean, how bad they're going to have to be to fall to that level where they're going to be picking it in the top five or six. I don't know that they can get there, but, um, I'm confused. I'm just really confused about, dude, I mean, th- they were kind of thriving for a couple of weeks when they had these energy physical players in there. No Curtis Gabriel since March 27th. No Jeff Fiel since April 16th. Look what's happened. Yeah. Like, look what's happened. Like, they, they I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I just, they were playing pretty decently. When those guys were in there, and I know they're not statistical difference makers, but they bring an an added element, and I don't understand that part of it. What happened? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, the the easiest answer is that all the players at the stop of the score sheet stopped scoring. It's just you know the you know Couture was on a brutal drought until recently. You know Carlson's on a drought. Uh, Kane has not been scoring at his rate. Burns has not been. LeBanc's not scoring at his rate. It's like all these guys are just not scoring. And, you know, certainly we've talked before about how this is not a deep team that's going to get a lot of secondary scoring from the third and fourth lines. When you have your top six forwards and your top supposedly offensive defensemen not scoring, you go in the tank and hard. And that's what's happened. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, I I go back to the talent development, right? Like, what can you point to other than maybe Balsers has established himself as a 30-point NHL forward? Is that even something? I mean, I guess that that's something, right? You could say, okay, but it's not really somebody that you're like, yes, play him in the top six for infinity. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have that kind of a talent. When John Leonard is really stalled out, well, what do you make of Dylan Gambrell right now? It's a, a team high minus fifteen. What do you do with him? Do did you do you resign him? I don't know how you can. Like, uh, yeah. What do you what do you do? Noah Gregor's minus twelve in twenty one games. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like. Uh, I think Dylan, dude, Dylan Grambrell is like 28 years old. I mean, I think the one... Th- oh, no. He's sorry. He's 24. There was somebody else I was thinking of. Maybe Jacob Middleton. But um, certainly, yeah. The, the Sharks seem to have an incredible excess of replacement-level players. <laughs> right. Right. It, it, and I'm, I mean, I saw this argument was, was made on another Sharks blog. I mean, like, should, why should Martin Jones play another second? 
Another second. Dude, I mean, he had a great March, but in April, his save percentage in four of the five games, 625, 792, 833, 810. He was pulled twice. Yeah. I, I don't get it. Makes oh, sense. my God. I mean, like, so bad. Well, here, here's the thing, right? So this is an interesting thing that we might as well talk about because it keeps us from talking about the Sharks in general. But this is where the incentive structure for the coaching staff is different than the incentive structure for the team overall, right? Bob Bugner's paid to win games, right? He needs to win games. If maybe he plays Coronar, but Coronar's stats have not exactly been great. So if he probably has a slightly better chance to win the game with Jones in net than someone else. And if, and if you lose eight in a row, which he has now done, uh, inevitably there's going to be calls for your head. So he's trying to forestall that talk. And if by pushing Jones in the net hurts the team overall, because we're not playing anybody else, that's probably better. And that, you know, that's kind of the mindset you want for the coaching staff. I'm not trying to argue against Bugner here. It's like, that's the mindset you want. You want the coaches to try and win the game today, right? That's, that's the purview that they normally have. You don't want them saying, ah, well, you know, whatever. We don't really care about winning. It's like you need to have a culture where you care about winning. It has to happen. But I think this is what we're seeing is we're seeing we're playing players that are barely NHL players in the case of Martin Jones, if, if an NHL quality player at all. And for no conceivable benefit, but he's probably slightly better than the alternative. So that's why we have that. Um, and it, it's hard. It's it's hard to see that. But that, I think, is where we are because there's no one coming to to spell Jones in that regard. I mean, I wish Coronar played a couple of strong games and then there would really be no excuse. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's... It, it, yeah, you're right. I mean, how do you say his name? Coronash, Coronar. I don't know. Coronash, dude. I feel bad about I it. I mean, I feel bad um, mispronouncing people's names. You know, I mean, he's his. <laughs> you're right. I mean, the two games that he's started, he's had an under 900 save percentage himself. Yeah. In the, in the game against Minnesota, he had a he came in in mop up duty for the last two periods, and he he was 882 save percentage. Like, it's not like you're right. He's come in and been like, this is clearly me, right? Mm-hmm. You should be playing me. But I mean, Martin Jones, it's got to be deflating at this point where you're the Sharks team. But I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're, they, they just, I'm so confused. <laughs> I don't know if we need to talk about this much longer, to, to be honest with you. Why? Yeah, no one wants to hear about no it. To hear no one wants crap. to talk about it. It's it's just um I'm just going to peruse the comments on the blog to see uh how about uh you know people are about, talking about making big changes buying out Martin Jones uh convince yeah. Burns to add Seattle to his list of three teams I mean Chip makes some good points here in the comment thread all these things are probably good but the thing is Chip it's like if you still have this core let's say you know given what you say happens, happens, right? Everything that you say happens, happens. Um, you buy out Jones, Burns goes to Seattle. We select a blue chip goalie prospect in the draft, although I think the history of selecting great goaltenders high in the draft is not great. Select two league average goalies, use the cap space to fill out the roster, including targeting a third line center. We still have a team that doesn't make the playoffs, in my opinion. 
So if you do exactly what everything you say, uh, I'm not sure we have a team that's much better than the one we have, which I think is, in a nutshell, the problem the Sharks have at this moment. So yeah, it's just I mean, there I'd... is no one or two move solution to this team. There just is not. And, and that just it just sucks to think about. The, the, the first question that is going to have to be answered when this atrocity of a season is over is, does Hasso Plotner care, right? That's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Does he care? Because if he cares, then either he's going to have to tell Doug Wilson, you, you fix it, fix it now. This is humiliating and embarrassing, right? Or he has to fire him and bring in somebody else to fix it, right? Because... Uh, you know how I feel. I don't know that Doug Wilson can fix this because I think he's too attached to a lot of, emotionally to a lot of the things that are here. You know, because this is not you know, <laughs> this is not one or two moves from from fixing this. Right, we're right? not one or two moves away, and you could do some craziness like buy out three or four players, but there are two major problems with something like that. One is Hasselblatner suddenly has to pay a bunch of extra money to players that aren't even going to be on the roster. That's got a sting. And two, it's not at all certain that you're going to be able to replace those players with anybody good. So it's not like, oh yeah, we just have players of Evander Kane's caliber just sitting around that we can just hire and put them in the roster. It's like that, that doesn't happen. It's just yeah. the, the, some of the, you know, oh yeah, okay, we buy out Eric Carlson. Well, Hassel Potter's got to play out however much money. He's got to pay out $50 million or whatever to a player who's never going to play for the Sharks. That's going to hurt. Well, I mean, I think it, it's, at this point, it's insulting to say to the fans, which was the statement, what at the mid-year report, oh, well, next year, this team's going to be competitive. And, you know, the coaching staff has done a great job. Come on, that's yeah. not true. Both those things are not true. It has not. This team is worse. They're worse than they were last year. Yes. They're worse. Yeah. So you made it worse by firing Pete DeBoer. It's worse, right? And you actually made our most hated rival better. better. So yeah. so good for you. Like, way to go. And, and that was a bad move, right? It was not the coach. It's clearly the players. The players are a mess, right? So... That's the first one, right? And this team is not going to be competing for the Stanley Cup next year. So don't lie to me. Like, I'm not an idiot. I know that that's not what's going to happen here. So we need to say, oh, man, this we have failed at many levels. And we're going to reset this and reboot it and have a rebuild. And I hope Eric Carlson doesn't like that news. He seemed to not like it when it was uh, alluded to. Good. Then ask for a trade. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. And I don't care what we get. Right. Bye. Like, I mean, he, he get his salary out of here. Right. And if he makes another team significantly better, I'd still, I don't care about that either because he's not making our team better. No, I think that's an important point, right? It's, if nothing else, we need to see the realization of reality here. We need to see that reality is actually being reflected in the management of the team and not like, Oh yeah. Um, you know, couple chips fall different. We're a playoff team. It's like, no, no, you're not, you're not a playoff team. And 
And for that, that's that's a really good reason to to lose confidence in Doug Wilson. Certainly hoping that the team would be better is one thing. Now we have two seasons worth of performance to indicate, yeah, this ain't turning around, right? And Colorado is great. And Vegas is great. And Minnesota is pretty good. And St. Louis got super unlucky. So they should be better. And Arizona is clearly better. So, you know, given if the if the message is stand pat, then I don't think anybody's going to believe that message anymore. They need to change the message around surrounding this team. This is not a playoff team that just got unlucky or whatever. This is a team that has foundational flaws that need to be fixed. And if Doug Wilson doesn't want to acknowledge that, and I'm not as big into acknowledging it to the wider public as acknowledging it internally, but it needs to be acknowledged and there needs to be a plan in place to address it. Because if there's not, then this is ridiculous. There is a massive break between the top three teams in this division and the rest, right? It's massive. Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota all have over 65 points. And then the Sharks, they have 41. 41. Yeah. Like they're nowhere close to the top three teams. Not even close, right? And are they still within sniffing distance of the fourth spot? Technically, yes, they are, right? They are within striking distance of that fourth spot. There's no way they're going to get it, right? And I think we're going to find that tonight because I think, I mean, I fully expect Arizona to, to completely smash the Sharks tonight, right? Because they have a good goaltender yep. and they're hanging on to that spot for dear life. And St. Louis has three games in hand. And you're right. St. Louis is clearly that fourth team. They've been very unlucky in terms of injuries this year. Right. So they're the fourth team in the division. And then there's the rest. And it's ugly. The rest are ugly. Yeah. You know, that we're in the same category as Anaheim, who who beat us badly over the last few weeks. They they beat us badly with their fifth string goalie. Whatever. And they just traded away all these players and they still beat the Sharks in San Jose. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. And the Kings, they stink too. And, and, but at least they have some good young players. Oh, my goodness. Dude, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You know why? Season's almost over. Well, there's that. And we might be streaming here on one of these games. This is the only way we can make these games bearable, is if you and I can watch together and make jokes at the Sharks' expense and each other's expense and at the listener's expense or whoever. And we're, we're going to try and set that up for Wednesday. So we're going to be trying out a new technology called hotmic.io. We've been in touch with the company. It sounds interesting. It's free to everyone. You don't have to pay anything, right? I know we did Twitch last time. We're going to try this new technology. They're reaching out to people like us to try and get this technology uh, up and running for people who want to do exactly what we want to do. We want to watch the game along with our listeners and interact with them while the game is going on. They have some interesting technology that we're going to try out to sync the game up with what we're watching. You can look into that. There's going to be some more information about that. You can uh, look on our Twitter feed or on um, on dudesonhockey.com for that. 
But Doug and I are going to try this thing out. I think we're going to try the, doing the first period of the game on Wednesday. I hope you all can join us. We can all commiserate about the Sharks. We can all uh, try and think of topics to talk about that will take our mind off of this dumpster fire of a team right now. And that's a, a small but important bright point still left in the season, dude. That's right, dude. And we usually joke about how when we when we smash the Sharks, uh, they start playing well. But I, I don't even think that that's... Uh, that jinx is on the table anymore. I think we're beyond that. Yeah. So, I, listen, I'm going to watch tonight. I'm going to hope that they're going to win. I hope that they can play hard. I hope that we're coming. In, the streak isn't still going. But I have no confidence in that. <laughs> I just right, don't. Right. I think Arizona has something to play for. And the Sharks have, you know, completely are phoning it in. And, you know, it, listen, if they like Bob Bugner... The time is now to start playing well because I don't know how you can defend what's happened this year, um, even if Doug Wilson stays, right? I know Kevin Kurz has written that if Wilson stays, that Bugner is safe. I don't know if they end the year with like a 12-game losing streak <laughs> and losing like 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 13 out of 16 or something like that. How could you, how, how could you look at people who you want to pay to come and watch the team and go, ah, it's going to be fine. Next yeah. year's going to be fine. Yeah. People are going to really want to pay like a hundred dollars a game to come and watch no, this. They won't. They, there's no way. And, and, and they're, you know, I know they appreciate that they are, you know, the sharks are fourth place, right? They're fourth place in, in a Bay area market. Right. Yep. Um, and the Giants, the 49ers, and the Golden State Warriors will always be above them, right? And, you know, they're sort of fourth place with the Oakland A's. Uh, and, you know, and the A's are pretty good. So if yeah. the Sharks are, are going to be bad, then they're in trouble, right? Yep. They're in trouble, especially when they're going head-to-head with a Warriors team that has the I'm going to say it, the best player in the NBA in Steph Curry. This guy is a magician. Yeah. He's crazy. The things that he's doing, it's uh, incredible. And you could pay to watch that or you could pay to watch the Sharks lose. <laughs> and I know what what most people would pay to do. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, I hope people will... Continue to stay tuned. Mark it on your calendar. This Wednesday, Sharks versus Coyotes. Doug and I are going to be streaming during the first period using hotmic.io. Check out the technology. It's free. You might need to install an app, or I think you can access it through the browser. More in information to come on that. But we are going to try and do that, and maybe we can take some of the sting out of these last two weeks of Sharks hockey, because at least we can talk to one another about this terrible situation that we're in but you know what, dude? We're all in this together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I got news for you. I don't want to be in it. I'm out. I'm out, dude. You're never out, dude. You're I'm in for out. life. Get, get me an Ottawa Senators jersey. I'm out of here. Um, Go Sharks. <laughs> Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.